Hello and welcome to Onward and Upward, a Kansas City podcast. My name is Blake. Today is March 23rd, 2019, and this is episode two. For those of you who are new with Onward and Upward, this is a podcast dedicated to Kansas City development. So when we say development, we mean construction, so big major projects primarily in the urban core and the, the centralized Kansas City area. And uh, that includes restaurants and also and also retail and any anything related to major businesses and culture shaping things, skyline shaping, infrastructure shaping uh, things for this city. So that is that is what we're here for, and this is an aggregate podcast for the news related to those things. On today's episode, we're gonna go through the news as we always do, and so. But first, I would like to start off with some personal anecdotes related to what uh, what I've been up to the past two weeks since the first episode. And this is kind of related to, uh, specifically what I want to first talk about, is related to a bit of new updates to the city, to things to be excited about and to check out. Um, last week, I went to Vested Coffee with Nate from Streetway. We both got up. Last Saturday morning, went and went and jetted over to to Vested Coffee, which is in the Garment District of downtown, in the Loop, as we call it here in Kansas City, downtown. And Vested is on Eighth and Central, between Central and and Wyandotte, just a few doors down from the Phoenix. For those who know what that is, Vested Coffee is a new coffee shop, and it is. It is something different in in certain ways that I didn't think it would be, but it's it's owned by an older couple that are from Texas that have uh, basically wanting to retire with this business, and so they they came up here. Um, the The wife she left her job to do this full time, and her husband is the is an accountant, and so he does he does those things, and so he's kind of the the business side of it and handles all those those things. But anyway, to the coffee. So Nate and I went and checked this place out. It is the former location, for those who are familiar with downtown, of Scratch Bakery. And the the original space is beautiful. Its its current setup is is just it's very choice. It has giant windows in the front and along the side because it's on the it's on a wing in the U-shape, uh, in the U-shape building, the Soho Lofts, as it's called. It's um, it's on a wing of the building. And so it has these giant windows, and the building was constructed 120 years ago, 110 years ago. And so the building is, is aesthetically choice. But even better yet, this couple completely revamped the space. And it's it's just gorgeous. It has... The the seating or the seating is probably the best thing about it. Actually, it has uh, it, the st- whether it's stand up seats or it's uh, or it's regular you know to ground levels seating. It's comfortable and uh, just appropriate for what uh, filling a void that is not that is that has not been filled in this town. And and it's such a strange way. I know that sounds weird, but it's. 
I've never sat at a, at a stand-up table on a chair that was as comfy as the ones that they have. So that's that's a that's a weird thing to start off with, but it's 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 really it really stand, makes your experience stand out. Strangely enough, it's they have this lovely blue couch and leatherback chair and this multi-tiered like four-dimensional table and less seating than scratch had but better laid out and the floors have been completely redone and they're they are a hundred million times better than what was there before the bar has been redone as far as the, the some of the original aspects of it are still there of the old soho bakery uh spot that that was the original bar that was put in and so the frame of it's still there but it now has a marble countertop and they're they opened up the side window instead of there being being behind the bar they put the seating area in there instead and so it's a much smaller bar and just everything looks immaculate compared to before and the light fixtures are gorgeous I, I I can't speak highly enough about the aesthetics. It's they did they've done something there that I did not expect from a coffee shop from those who are not professionals in the industry who are, or who have not worked in it in any kind of way, and they had a very good eye for detail with this, and I I cannot emphasize that enough. And yeah, so the space is aesthetically top top choice. Like it it works and it's unique. Next. Coffee. They use Onyx out of Bentonville, Arkansas. Those of you who are familiar with Bentonville. Uh, Onyx is one of the best things about Northwest Arkansas. It's it's an attraction in and of itself. All of its all of its locations there. But they their roasted coffee is what is being used there. And it's it's one of the best in the country. I mean or really for that matter when we when we say that it means it means the world. And it's it's just awesome, and for being for being basically a few days after their opening, they were doing a stellar job on all the stuff that I had. That was, and I had espresso. They're 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 one of their blends, and I had a uh, a seasonal uh, a seasonal drip coffee that they had, and both were awesome. And I can't I can't speak highly enough of it. Uh, they know they know what they're doing. And yeah, that they have their standard fare. They they have you know you have your all your typical coffee drinks, simplify a simplified menu. It's you, you know latte based things, so frothed milk and espresso drinks and all those all those things. But then it, we have we have juices and and teas and and that and and well, and actually the teas are and, and juice are we're talking about. It's Geo Juice and. Dragonfly tea, uh, T-Zone, which is in River Marker, is what they use. But they also use Chateau Milk for their milk, which is nice. That's, there's only a couple places left that do that. That was kind of a big thing. Well, it was a trendy thing like six years ago. And so a lot of people have stopped doing it, that over the past three years or so. Just just needed changes. So there's a lot of coffee shops don't now. There's still some that do, but they, they brought that back. So that's... That's awesome. They're they're killing it over there. Their their hours they close later than pretty much any coffee shop around, and that's three o'clock. But they open at six thirty, so basically the same hours as as 
scratch before it, but that's um, so they probably are just learning a lesson from them. But as more and more people move downtown, as more and more businesses come in, that probably will change. So if you're in the downtown area, you've got a new option to go to. If you can't make it to Maiden Kansas City, Maiden Casey Cafe on Baltimore, you can just john over, and, and you're there in the morning or early afternoon, john over to uh, to Vested. Oh, and I'm, you know what? I said 3 o'clock. It's actually 2 o'clock is when they close, so don't don't quote me on that one. <laughs> so, don't, yeah, so make sure you get there before 2 o'clock. Anyway, that's awesome. Check it out. Vested is 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 a well needed, uh, well needed and and lovely addition to Kansas City's ever expanding and glorious coffee scene. So that's that's my first bit. Is that's opened and it's great. Go check it out. They're doing a great job. Get away, find a quiet place in a not not as as sundered part of town as, as other parts so check it out next on the list is uh, a new opening in South Waldo it's called Burger State this opened several weeks ago but I didn't get to it in the last podcast because there was just a lot of stuff to cover but this is a new one it's it's you know the locally far you know the local stuff local 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 you know everything so beef and vegetables and all those things but it's this is worth checking out burger i haven't been obviously but burger state is is worth mentioning because they they're doing something that you know you won't find at pigwitch or or well you'll find some some aspect of this at howard's in the crossroads among other places but they they have like a paleo plate and these veggie burgers that aren't like other veggie burgers and things. And so that's pretty, that's pretty slick, you know, that, and it's, and guys, the prices are pretty freaking cheap compared considering the, the quality you're going to get. So just kind of browsing through what, what they have, you know, it's, it's what you would see at, at, at some of the other burger joints around town. You know, they have, you know, they have the, f- the standard beef chicken sort of things. And, but they also have salads and chili and and sandwiches and and even basically conies, chili dogs, that sort of stuff. So there's, this is actually filling a need that uh, that, as far as qu- top tier quality and, in that you won't find otherwise. Otherwise, you'd have to go to a much older spot probably, in one of the outlying towns or to, Town Topic or something to find some of the stuff they have. But this is just an elevated in quality that, you know, just isn't. Just currently isn't really there, at least in the ways that in the context of what what all they serve. So that is another one, and it's at eighty. It's on the 89th and Warnell block. So I highly uh, recommend checking out checking it out. Whether I get there or not in the in the near future, I don't know, but I definitely want to get over there. So check out Burger States. Next is a bit of rumor. Well, it's not rumor actually. This is this is uh, confirmed because it's there. It's just not made the media rounds yet, and that is the opening of a new restaurant on Broadway, uh, specifically 18th and Broadway, so uh, the west side of the street, across from the Urban Garden, 
on Broadway, so just right south of the Kauffman Center, there is a place called Grad School opening up in the old Coda Bar location. Those of you who are not familiar with Grad School uh, will kn- should know that FYI that it is in the. It's actually a chain technically at this point because this is their second location um, now. So it is based out of Springfield. Downtown Springfield, I've been to grad school. It's awesome. It's a standard, you know, like American restaurant, but it's really good food, and they have great drinks, and it's, yeah, it's it's a bit of, uh, yeah, just it's, it's just a great little restaurant. They just have a really nice range of foods and kind of cater to a lot of different uh, dietary needs and things, and so grad school is is worth checking out, and this is, it's almost finished construction. They have the sign up in the window and everything, but there's been no media press on it, which has been really strange. I first found out about this through uh, Casey Rag, the my my favorite Kansas City Development Forum. For those of you, well, most of you probably haven't heard of it, and it is a great resource, and that's why, and that's where a lot of my information comes from, a lot of the rumored stuff specifically. So. Someone had mentioned that the spot had been bought by a grad school, and I was like, "Oh my gosh, grad school! That's in, that's in Springfield. That place is awesome." So, that's, but it's had no other. I've seen it nowhere else. Nobody's talked about it. So, something to keep an eye out for. We should probably within the next month or so hear some kind of news on, on grad school's new location. Um, if you ever get to Springfield, I would I would definitely recommend checking it out. They also have another another spot called Job, and I believe that's more of a more of a a bar, but it's it's like it's more of a dinner spot and bar. But they call it grad school. The they call it Job because well, you go to grad school and then later you go to job. You know, you go to your job. So it's tongue in cheek. So that's so that's a good one, and it's I think that's worth going and checking out for sure. And, yeah, so check out grad school. Keep an eye out for it. If you're in Springfield, go do that. The next topic that I would like to, or the next, yeah, the next topic is, uh, like to cover is all of the brouhaha with Steamboat Arabia Museum. Um, for those of you who are not familiar, we, we have a museum in the midst of the River Market, specifically in the River Market Square on the east side. It takes up a very large portion of it, and the entire basement of the building, as far as I know. Steamboat Arabia Museum uh, is very, is quite old. It's right at 30 years old, or real close to it. Um, it Steamboat Arabia was a steamboat that sank in the 1850s up by Parkville on the Missouri River, hit a giant tree that had fe- fallen into the river that was floating down the river, and sunk the thing. Nobody died, but... Uh, a goat died, but no, no actual people died. There, and the whole ship sank. And these guys figured out where it was, and they resurrected much of it from the from the mud and mire of the floodplains of Parkville, because the river was in a different was in a different course at that time. And so, it's been on display. It's it's the biggest collection of pre Civil War, so pre antebellum artifacts in the United States. It was all found together like that, so it's it's interesting in the sense if you get to see all this stuff from the time of our great 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 and great grandparents. So that's that's pretty cool. And but the problem is they're having they're having trouble 
keeping their space and it's it the rents got gotten higher for the museum because of well obviously because the river mar- market in the s- in the city in general is just exploding right now and so prices are going up and they've had to raise their rates to $3 a you know per person and and things like that to go into the museum and so the owners you know not to like take sides or anything and just they've they've been complaining about it and have now threatened to leave and move to another city um there's been different talks of different places st louis and columbia jeff city i think even st joe was on that list and so the city's not from what it sounds like playing hardball with it they're just kind of saying whatever you want to do man and they and they want a larger building for sure because they have so much stuff and and they've said that well we could stay in the city we just wouldn't stay in the river market who knows who knows but the there's this you know it's this somewhat iconic museum that everybody that's from around here has went to at one point in their lives or another as a child on a field trip or whatever but the there's been a big brouhaha over it but if it leaves it's a loss in the sense of you know if it leaves the city cuz it's there's a possibility it's going to go to Jeff City um the city Jeff City has had some some pushes to try to woo them there and whatever the case is even if it goes and it may very well leave the it'll benefit the river market because that's a lot of real estate up for grabs in that in that building and there could be some major changes with the layout of the building and there's even it's i think it's even been mentioned that it could be completely redone the whole building and maybe even torn down and redone in a way that would be more conducive to the river market as it is now and not what it was in the 1960s or 50s and 60s. So that's it's both a it's both a sad thing and it's but it's also something that could be a potentially exciting development if it happens. So who knows that's all in the air and these guys are wanting to try to dig up another old steamboat that sank in the river too called uh called the the Cairo. We'll see if they find it or not, but this this is the first thing they've tried to do in 30 years. So it sounds like they're going to try to make a name for themselves as the steamboat resurrectors, treasure hunters, so to speak. So that's that's uh, that's the the that's the the brouhaha in the river market currently in relation to that. And speaking of the river market, we'll go on to the next the next thing worth mentioning that is the River Market Square, so right there in the square, just west of Rabia, there's, you know, there's the, uh, there was the old Walnut Street, right? The River Market, the, right now you have to do a loop all the way around to get to the north end, uh, to 3rd Street. So if you're at 5th Street trying to go into the south end of the, the main entrance to the River Market Square, you have to do this loop around through the through the parking lot to get in. Well, the city has is is now planning on reopening Walnut Street and getting rid of that giant walking area that is in front of the Steamboat Arabia entrance and all those other shops that that area where all the, the you see a lot of tents there and people will set up various flea market stalls and stuff at different times or other things. Well, they city's going to try to get rid of it and this has been reported by everybody by Kevin Collison's uh, city scene, 
and by the star, and you know everybody has talked about this. Uh, this is this this would be a big deal because I mean it's been closed since the early fifties, and this would completely kind of change the the vibe of the river market in that sense because there's this giant dead zone of brick you know brick ground you know walking areas and it's, it's just open all the time and there's no activity and so it actually hurts those businesses on that side of the street any given weekday because nothing's going on until the weekend then that's when stuff's put out so what this what the city wants to do is redo that whole thing revert it back to the way it was which they should and then on the weekends they just close the street and it would be like westport on saint patty's day or the weekends or power and light district or any or, or the the crossroads during during the the first friday's festivities especially in the summertime so that is that is that is something to look forward to also because I really don't like having to drive all the way around the whole basically three blocks to get to where I need to go. So or or just or walk or whatever. It's kind of annoying. So so that's the net, that's that's worth uh, noting. And who knows when that'll get off the ground? But it's being that it this I don't think it needs city approval because it's the city's property. That could we could see that start before the end of the year, so anyway, that's that's worth uh, worth talking about. Next is the very controversial uh, for some, for some, and the the lament of many and some the the apathy of the closing of the Uptown Arts Bar. Uptown Arts Bar announced its closing just a few days ago. On the 18th, it was it was announced that it, it was it had closed, and that it had been bought by the man who owns the Green Lady Lounge and Black Dolphin next door. So, a lot of people upset uh, that John Baker, the owner the owner of those places, has bought it. Uh, the, in the arts community, the poet the poets as they call themselves and the the hip hop artists and 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 uh spoken word people and you know just the random things they they're sad that they're losing their space that they that they spend a lot of time in and i and i get that that sucks and there, it was a unique spot there isn't anything like it well there was there was nothing like it and so now a lot of people are wondering okay well where are we going to hear local artists that are hip hop or or just solo you know doing solo things related to that kind of scene spoken word music and that sort of thing and poetry and stuff now granted a lot of coffee shops do those things so there's some things that'll just be moved to to those venues but it is a it is a need that'll be that need that will have to be filled again and i think in time somebody will figure this out but the plan is to turn it into another music venue. Now, one would logically conclude that John Baker, being that he owns these buildings, that he owns these two jazz bars, that, okay, it's going to be a jazz bar. But we don't know that for certain. Nothing is nothing is certain in the regards to what what is uh, what is going to happen there. 
And pardon me, I I have his name wrong. It's John Scott. John Scott, not John Baker. John Scott. So, mourn mourn ye artists over the loss of your space, but who knows? We could we could get a new jazz bar, or we could get an even better music venue space. Who knows? Maybe it'll be more mixed. Let's let's hope it's the latter, and I hope that Mr. Scott keeps that in mind with whatever plans he has because that's that's a beloved space and it's a really cool space in its in its layout and with hit the with the kind of resources he has it could be something really cool if he lets that be a new or lets that stay a venue that's open to various artists and stuff like that that's not just jazz so that's worth mentioning next on our news newswire here is uh, just some some random updates on a few different a few different construction projects uh three light so three light is not not in development stage right now as far as as far as construction nothing has happened there's no permits filed um it is merely in the hearsay it's all approved, as we talked about in the previous podcast. One of the things I'm most excited about is the building of Three Light and having another another high-rise downtown. But there are caveats to that because we don't know when it's going to be built. It was supposedly going to have started by now, but that doesn't mean anything. When you hear constru- when someone who's a developer says they're going to do something, and it's they put a, give you a date, and it's months or years or a year out probably means it's going to be a lot later than that. <laughs> at least in this town's experience that's what ends up happening so that is that is uh the status on that but the but there are some things that are unconfirmed that are in the the not hearsay because i trust these sources the, the in the in the city development world of casey rag people are talking about these things and elsewhere about people know people who work for cordish and or are tight with people who know people, and so there are the people have some updates from from their context and and according to a Mr. Normal Things at the Casey Rag forum, he has talked to somebody, and I have a feeling who it is, but I won't say who it is, of what what is going on with the project because people are thinking, all right, is it you know is it closed? Are we not going to see this spot open? For a while, is it because of the is it because of the number of luxury apartments downtown? Are they are they trying to revamp it? Are they waiting? Are they scared about you know housing crisis or, or you know what's what's the deal? Is it because of what the city did with the whole stink over affordable housing and making them turn the old Midland office building into affordable housing with and all that? Or what are they doing? I'm sure there's little aspects of that, but according to the sources over at, th- at uh, KC Rag, there are, and I and I quote, a few more updates f- for you. One, the design is still ongoing. The big scopes, which scopes, if you're not familiar with, is from what I've gathered, because I'm not, I don't entirely understand all the lingo, but scopes, from what I understand, is basically trying to lay out and then schedule your various projects, scopes of projects, so like, Figuring out, okay, who's going to what? What do we need to do as far as electrical, and who are we going to have do that? And what do we need? What what is the what does that all look like? We know what the money we need is, but how do we? 
what what does the rest of that look like? So they're trying to figure out the scopes, so concerted scopes and the like. And they haven't been procured yet because drawings haven't progressed far enough. However, they are supposedly pretty close, unquote. And then also to quote again, two, the design has changed from the conceptual rendering shown earlier. So there's, there are, to unquote here real quick, there is, there are pictures out there. You can look up three light KC and it's, there's, there's photos or there, there's conceptual art of a 30 story building with a slant like the top of it has a slanted roof. It looks like something out of the 80s or 90s with the funny roofs, you know, that you see silhouettes of. And it's it's got this slanted, sloped roof with, the, you know, the floors on some of them getting smaller. And so there's 30 floors of this with and parking, obviously, and things. Or parking garage also being added to that and the retail spaces on the bottom. So apparently those renderings have changed. Yeah, but... Uh, this part of the re- and then to go back to the quote, this is part of the reason why design documents aren't ready yet. And then he finally he finishes off this off with on another note, one cardinal way in St. Louis is under construction, and two cardinal ways supposedly in the works. So and with that, that those projects do look similar to the to the uh, to one cardinal way. And if you look it up, if you look up Cordish's deal with the Cardinal Stadium, Bush Stadium, and all that stuff that's going on there in St. Louis, it's very, very similar in its design. So we could may, it may look more like that maybe, who knows? But that's why he mentions this. So so that's that's the update with 3Light. And that's that's exciting because it's it's not he and he said in a previous in a previous post that hey it's not done. That it or it's not it's not shelved it's in pre-development stage and so they're just trying to figure out the scopes and once they get all their ducks in order it's gonna they'll go for it so that's probably going to be towards the end of the year would be my guess or we'll probably get an announcement at least i think by the end of the summer and then it'll probably start in the fall or december something like that so that's just me though so that's the update on three light Uh, a quick note on the convention hotel since we Last spoke, they are now two floors, two a floor and a half away from finishing, finishing the the buildup from uh, as far as upward scale of construction. So it'll top out sometime in the next few weeks, more than likely, by the time potentially by the time of episode three of this podcast, there will be those cranes will be finished with the primary floor building so well the most of the glass is up at this point on the building the concrete and rock facades stone facades are being put in place all over the building and they it seems like from what i can see just from driving around it and stuff is that they're probably 75 maybe 80 percent probably 75 percent done with all of that and so you'll start to see the work going less and less from outside and before by the time i'd say june, may well, june gets here your most of the work is going to you're going to see is going to be inside there won't be a whole lot of stuff going out on the street and maybe that'll mean a potential lane closure uh, or lane opening maybe at least on the Wyandotte side maybe if when they get that sky bridge done maybe they'll open up some more stuff since they need they don't need as much equipment and things there so we'll see so that's an update for that also with city club city club uh, over off of 
between 19th and 20th Street in Maine. So across the street from the Rieger Hotel and Exchange and the like. And where the old Midwest Hotel is being completely gutted down to its bones. The, they're nearly finished, it looks like, with their digging and they're starting to, it looks like they're starting to pr- prep the ground for drilling into and, and setting the, the foundation columns and pouring, pouring foundation uh, around the edges and all that. So that's, that's exciting. That's cool. Also, the, the Cordish building, just just a few doors up from that on the other side of 19th, is nearly, is nearly finished. It's the phase two of Corrigan Station. And it's to the west, just across from Michael's, the, the uh, men's, men's tux and, and suit store. Excuse me. And... It's it's uh it's just an office space, but they're gonna have a bank in there, and who knows what else what else they'll have. They have vacancies as far as office space goes, but that's nearly finished, and so that's that's a that'll be a nice that'll be nice to finally have all those streets open again. It's been forever since they've been open, and because that, that that project's been going on for about a year and a half, almost two years. So that's exciting. Strata just um, on the other side of the alleyway from that. Well, Caddy Corner alleyway wise, so northeast of that is uh, not Strata. Reverb. Reverb is is being built. Obviously, they they're pouring the foundations and pouring the columns and digging down into the foundation and things. And so we should start to see the first floor being put together um, with actual columns and a roof. Probably after the next podcast would be my guess, but that's that's where that stage of of development is with that, and yeah, so that's those that's what we've got going on there. And then, oh, you know, what? I for, totally forgot to going back to the River Market. There is, I shouldn't lump this in with the other two. So everyone's probably familiar those who've been to the River Market. There is a giant parking lot at Third and Grand across from the Asian market. So it's on the east side of Grand, just as you're trying to go down into Berkeley Riverfront Park. And um, is the parking lot next to Cold Storage Lofts. So that parking lot, for several years now, has been uh, contracted to be built on, uh, to have... I think a couple of floor, at least two floors of extra parking spaces put in, but then to have a some retail on the bottom, and then multiple floors of office spaces. And originally it was supposed to be about five floors, but now there's new there's a new update to this, a big update. And it was uh, the guys over at Casey Rag noticed this in one of the uh, an adjacent build. I think it was. An adjacent building or BNIM or something like that that one of the developers had new concept art up for it, and this building has now increased in size from what was that like six floors to nine floors, eight nine floors something like that. That's a huge jump, and it'll complete it'll it'll change the skyline actually of the River Market. Because that's taller, at, at least in lo- what it looks like, it'll be taller than most of the buildings in the River Market or pretty close to it. So 
design has changed over time. It looks it looks a lot better. It looks like it actually fits in the river market a lot more, at least brick facades, and that sort of thing. Much much more industrial and uh, old old world industrial. So that's cool. And yeah, so that and that's that's a Briarcliff development project in partnership with JLL and BNIM and the and the KCATA and that that'll be that's they're wanting to make it like a transportation hub so that's I forgot to mention that and that's that's been the plan is to have the buses going there and you know potentially if there was a light rail they thought well if we have a light rail you know that went somewhere we could have that there or or whatever that's that they want they want that to be like Pickwick the what's now the Pickwick apartments in the government district are they want that that used to be the transportation hub for downtown it was the the bus the bus hub now they basically want to do the same with this so it would add more parking for those who are traveling and then those who are visiting the river market but also would have would be used for office and density and retail and things so that's that's an exciting development i hope that that means within the next over over the course of this year, we'll hear more about this project because that would be awesome. So, third and grand. There you go. Next on our list, as we go down to the crossroads again, is Mean Mule Distilling Company. I don't know if you've heard of Mean Mule Distillery, but Mean Mule is a agave, a blue agave distillery. So, Basically, it's tequila, but it's not tequila because it's not from where tequila comes from in Mexico, so it can't be tequila like bourbon. So, Mean Mule is this uh, Wednesday, so the 20, what is it, the 20, 27th? Yeah, 27th is, have, uh, according to their Instagram, is having their their preview night of the space. Their space is at, on Locust at 17th and Locust. Next to Hutch, the the Omaha-based furniture brand, so another cool spot, and so just up the street from Grinders and where Thou Mayest used to be, and and across the street from Double Shift Brewing Company. So Mean Mules, Mean Mules, cool though. They they pretty much the, there's only one other agave brand like that in the city, and. Mean Mule is, is is cool though. They've they've spent a long time working on on their space, and it's just slowly been worked on. And they've really been patient and just hit the ground with getting getting their product out uh, throughout the country and getting getting buyers and getting it having licenses in different states and all that. So, and not just in the Kansas Missouri by state region. And <coughs> excuse me. Mean Mule is 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 uh, is really is is really going to be something cool and a, and I and I'm kind of biased. I have a buddy, a friend, and my former landlord, Mr. Patrick Little, a a man of many visions and of many talents, is uh, is a partner in this project with a husband and wife couple. Who are who? This was their this was their baby. This has been their their thing for a long time, and 
the and the, the Jeff and Meg Evans. That's the that's the name of the the couple. They and this was back two years ago. Announced in summer of uh, two years ago. And this this is according to Feast magazine that they were opening the Blue Agave, and so they had been doing kind of their own distilling of their own, uh, like at home with s- some stuff, and they thought, hey, why don't we make this a business? And so they partnered with with Pat, and so they, uh, as an investor and partner and things, and so they've they've been just hitting the ground with this stuff for years, and uh, they're finally ready to open. And according to a previous the previous post on their Instagram, they've, all the paperwork is done. Inspections are are pa- they pa- are passed, and they're just trying to finish some finishing touches and 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 all that. And should be opening very very soon. Just it's it's up to them when they want to say we're open. So that is going to be exciting. Another another distillery in the crossroads. Let's see. That's number three. I think three, something like that. Because you also have Tomstown. And then you have a cross, a, a, a block away. You have lifted spirits. So, third, third distillery in the crossroads opening. And nice thing is they're all different. So that's and that's that's a huge plus. And yeah, it's just it's that's another great it's another great culture builder. And and going back to kind of an old way, you know, the, kind of the old way that people used to live. Everybody had a their breweries and distilleries nearby and you know that's just where people hung out and that's where they got their product from and that's what we want we're, we're going back in time here to the way to a much more sustainable way of life and that's this is in a very small way in a, an aspect of that so mean mule guys um check out their instagram they've got uh if if the, to quote their the, the post they they want to pack it out and uh if you like their post do you follow them on instagram and tag three friends uh, that you want to to bring along, uh, they they will try to put you in an, uh, as an RSVP on that. So if you want to go try some, I'm assuming some free blue agave or maybe maybe some discounted stuff, get over there and try it out. It's going to be cool. So anyway, Mean Mule Distillery. Mean Mule Distilling, I should say. Check it out. Next on our list, we're going to take a jump back up to the northeast, to the Pendleton Heights Northeast Lost Homes neighborhood area. So, specifically, I guess this is technically well. Is it Pendleton Heights or is it is it the Northeast neighborhood? It's it's in that weird in between place. I think it's the Northeast on Independence Avenue. There's a new coffee shop that has opened up, ladies and gentlemen. Another one. Imagine that we have another coffee shop of the almost eighty coffee shops that are locally owned. Actually, it's probably a surpassed eighty. It's probably closer to. Clo- more more in the end of 85 coffee shops but we have a new one it's on independence avenue it's in an old house it's next to i think it's the a christian the christian church on independence avenue which is just it's it's uh just a few doors down from benton benton uh benton street or boulevard and this is right across from the Glorious and and wonderful San Antonio's taqueria. I, if you're not familiar with San Antonio's, then you you need to get on that train because it's the best. I have yet to find better. I have a friend who says there's even better in the Northeast, but I we'll see about that. But 
if you want the best pastor, at least that I've had in this town, and I've had a lot of pastor, it's the best I've had thus far. And they make their own tortillas, and it's it's awesome. Anyway, we're not talking about San Antonio's here, but I I had to plug for them because they're they're freaking awesome. It's a great place. It's a re- it's a store, and just it's a you know it's a Mexican taqueria. That's they're they're always just they they have their own charm and patina about them that are worth worth visiting, and their food is just top notch every time, every single time. On to the next topic, we're going to jump up to the northeast, to Independence Avenue, to specifically the northeast neighborhood, to a new coffee shop, believe it or not, another addition to the, at this point, 80 locally owned coffee shops that are in this, in the city, another, another expansion in the, the, the realm of Kansas City coffee and it's in all of its glory, and that is a new concept called Mansion Coffee. It is in the historic Byers Mansion on Independence Avenue, across from the glorious taqueria known as San Antonio's, which is another place you all need to check out if you aren't familiar. Highly recommend it. And with that being said, it's a it is one of only two coffee shops in Kansas City that is located in a house. The only other one is West Thirty on West Thirty Ninth Street, and it is the nationally well known at this point uh, Mud Pie Bakery, the vegan bakery shop. So they have they they have a they have decided to park shop up there, and they've been around actually for a while. So we're talking about something like at least. Three month, four months, maybe or more, and the Mansion Coffee is a partnership between three people: uh, Cynthia Harrington and Johnny Lancaster, who own Byers Mansion, and a and a man named Lauren Fleming, who is the barista and I assume kind of the manager. And they wanted to have they wanted to add another coffee space to a less less serviced part of the downtown greater downtown area it's there's only one other coffee shop and it's just down the road a few blocks from there it's called Elias coffee owned by Dan Smith that is in a coffee and they're also a coffee roaster so that's that's the only other one but this is just this is just a, a different kind of feel and has a different purpose and mission and the, it's just it's a mansion with all uh, uh, a varied array of all kinds of different uh, furniture and things and just kind of vibes that it gives off right so there's there's a it's a very mixed bag and yeah that's it's it's just not like anything else in the city and uh, funny enough I actually there's the it just recently, a few days ago, came out on Feast Magazine. So just two days ago, on the 21st, there was an article posted about it. But Nate from Streetwave and I have actually known about Mansion Coffee for a while because one of the professors at the Art Institute is buddies with the owners and told us about it and said, hey, you guys should go over there. Like, that's really cool. And I and we we just haven't gotten around to it. But 
they had an interesting system because during all these months of what was essentially a soft opening, they used their curtains as their signal to the outside world of when they were open or not. Closed, it's closed. Open curtains, it's open. So, so anyway, yeah, we have a new, a new, co- another coffee spot yet again. The second in this episode to to mention and check out, and I hope to be going soon. We, uh, yeah, that's that's it's it's just crazy. Like everybody keeps keeps saying this is this is a an an aside, but everybody talks about the the density of coffee in Kansas City, that there's too many coffee shops, especially in the midtown, downtown area, and that we can't handle anymore. But um, I agree with other others in the coffee industry that that's not necessarily true. And because if that were the case, then restaurants restaurants wouldn't function the way they are it restaurants would rise and fall all the time you can't like it's it's, it's a slight it's a slightly different industry but otherwise we would see <laughs> we would have these mcdonald's and burger kings and locally owned burger joints all these things that are all right next to each other one would come out on top and the rest would close but we don't see that usually not very often and why is that it's because people have different reasons for going to different things and are going to different places, so I don't have the same... I, my reasons for going to, say, Oddly Correct are not the same overall as why I go to Messenger, or why I go to Goat Hill, or why I go to Blip, or Monarch, or or any of them. That's the, I, I, go for, I go for a certain vibe, I go for a certain level of interactions I'm going to have, I go for maybe the people that are going to be working behind the bar. I go for the kind of coffee I want to try, or or maybe I just haven't been in a long time. So that's that's the reason why. Sometimes you want a place that's quieter. Sometimes you want a place that's louder. Sometimes you want a place with where there's going to be a bunch of people, and sometimes you want to go to a place where there's not. You know, you're going to see just a few people around, and so people function the same way. So Mansion Coffee is probably going to be one of those spots where, oh yeah, there's Mansion Coffee. Not I don't know anybody there. I can get away and I can hide and I can do my thing and have something different. Have some Broadway coffee because that's the coffee they use, and have this completely different experience than if I'm at Messenger or at Maiden KC Cafe or Key or Colony or whatever. So that that is what you have to keep in mind when we're talking about uh, the third space, right? That's the term we like to use now. This is my third space. You know, there's even coffee shops named Third Space. So, yeah, we have our we have our reasons. You know, we don't we don't go. the re The reasons I go to San Antonio's are not the same reasons I go to, say, Rico's Taco Lupe, right? Another another spot, or the reasons I would go to a Burger State are not the same reasons I would go to Howard's. And who's to say? And why? And why do I have to be pigeonholed to just being at one? What if I like both? I'll just go to both. You know, we do that with bars all the time. So anyway, that's an aside. But that's Mansion Coffee, guys. Another spot, another another interesting space that's gonna be a nice addition for what it is. And yeah, I I want to go over there and check out and see what they've got. They've got I know they've got 
some baked goods, and they've got things like that, local beans, obviously. So check it out. You know I will be. One of the last things I want to talk about today in the news is is an uh is really just actually an update I guess at this point and that is the construction of 46 pin for those of you who are not familiar 46 pin is a office building that's being built behind the Christian Science Temple off of 47th Street in the plaza so over by like Banana Republic, if you're familiar with with where that's at, it's off of Pennsylvania and yeah, 46 in Pennsylvania. So there used to be some old 1940s apartments, or I guess they were almost like duplexes that were back there. And this was probably four years ago. Jeez, time's flown. I think around four years ago, so f- 2015, they were torn down. And the plan was to build that. Well, this finally got approved, and years and years and years of waiting to watch this thing go up. It's been finally happening over the past eight, seven, eight months. And they've dug out a giant hole in the ground. They're putting a big old underground garage, and currently they're building that up right now. So that's that's the only other construction update I have. So we should start seeing the first actual floor go up sometime by the summer. Um. I have one bit that's not related to dev- well it's it is related to development not it's 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 just abstract. It's not a building, it's not a business. It is the issue that we've all been facing all su- all su- winter long and through all of the torrential snow and that is potholes, guys. Y'all know what I'm talking about. We've all been dealing with this stuff no matter where you're living in the Kansas City area. And even those for of you who are not from here who maybe live in the Midwest or in a similar climate, maybe the maybe in the Northeast. Potholes. This has been the year of potholes, or like the season of potholes, unlike anything I've seen in my adult life. It's been utterly insane how many have popped up. It the the city's streets literally have looked like a World War One battlefield. It's insane. No man's land stretches all over the friggin' city. I mean, you go to Grandview, giant potholes that are as big as as big as friggin' bikes and and motorcycles. You got you go onto Warnell, you go onto 63rd Street, Gregory, Main Street, Broadway. Everything has been royally screwed by this shit, and it sucked. And I I was I was out with uh with someone a few days ago, or a few nights ago, and. My car was just getting wrecked on those roads. Like they, they would just pop out, and they're as big as the like ha- a quarter of my car. And the city has tried. I'm assuming it's tried its hardest to deal with this this problem. Because I mean, people have been losing their minds over this stuff. It's it's like it's it's been <laughs> for metaphorically speaking, almost close to riots from some of the people I've seen on Twitter and Facebook and and uh, and out and about. And by golly, they've given their stats, and they've 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 said that they have filled thousands and thousands and thousands of potholes over the past past two months. And granted, 
that probably means some of them are like the size of your palm. So that's if you know what I mean. But they say they filled thousands. They have used, I think, over a, several tons of of asphalt and things. And they've tried. I mean, there's stretches of road that were bad even before the winter got here, and they're now fixed, which is greatly appreciated. Thank, good job, uh, city of Kansas City. But it's it's been bad. And now, granted, that isn't to like leave out all of the smaller towns too. It's just as much their problem as ours. But this is this has been a bad year, and this is one of those things where candidates for mayor that are soon to be voted on, you could totally win an election over over that issue. Maybe <laughs> promise you're gonna keep those roads great. Now, granted, I would just say, why don't we? Why don't we, for those of us, especially those of us who live here in Midtown and Downtown and in the area just around those, maybe we should just not drive cars as much because it would, we wouldn't need them as much. You, you know, you don't, you don't read about in, in many years gone by, you know, people complaining about potholes in the cobble streets of, you know, Kansas City. Why? Because it was all packed dirt and and bricks and cobblestone and that sort of thing. So maybe we should just not drive our cars as much. Maybe we should try to take public transportation or use our bikes or walk or whatever if we can. If you can, do it. I And I'm being hypocritical here, but I'm just saying, hey, maybe this is, this is the things we should be doing. So this would help the roads, and yeah, let's, let's do that, guys. Let's, let's, and let's be gracious with the city. They're, they're trying. It's not like... I mean, I complained all winter long about the response to the snow, and and I, I still think some of it was legitimate. But you know, they're pe- we're all people here, so we all, you know, we probably wouldn't do any better. So anyway, that aside, potholes, man. We're in spring. It's officially spring as of the past few days. This 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 long winter is behind us. Winter has come and it is gone. And now let's look forward to sunshine and greenery and to all the fineries that are Kansas City life in the spring and summer and fall. So anyway, that is the end of this show. I don't have much else to talk about. It's uh, It's been a pleasure bringing you all the, the latest in Kansas City development news. My name is Blake, and this is onward and upward signing out and always remember this know your city